Laura. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back, everyone, to Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we have Norman from Lord of the Rings Minute with us again. Thank you for, for, for being here so much this week. We're enjoying it. Of course. It. This is a blast. Oh, it's been great. I always, um, I, I, yeah, I've said this so many times, but I always, I always love having guests on because it's nice having like someone else who's, who's interested in Harry Potter and passionate about the, the, the movie to, to sit and talk with us for a little while. Cause we get like, we get fun new perspectives. And I honestly, I think I've been queuing up Lord of the Rings minute as like the first one in my podcast catcher for months now, every day. I really like your show, you guys. It's been a lot of fun to listen to. I'm happy to have you here with us. Uh, today, today, we were talking about minute number 93 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, minute 93 starts with Harry circling around the room, um, kind of keeping an eye on the mirror. And it ends with, uh, Harry's reflection. So, so Norman, you, you requested specifically uh, Miravera said minutes. Yes. Uh, I believe you said it was one of your favorite magical, or your favorite magical artifact. It is, because I find the Mirror of Erised to be just so endlessly fascinating. And I have so many questions about this mirror. Like I have uh, very few answers. and <laughs> Because there are no answers. Exactly. Where did it come from? Who made this and why? How long has it existed? There's obviously a long and storied history that accompanies this mirror. But at least for the last hundred years, it has literally done nothing. Yeah. Uh, at least the in, last hundred years. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, w- it was languishing in the room of requirement for more than a century. Mm-hmm. Is I, I think is the phrasing from Pottermore. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I liked about, uh, also describing it from coming from Pottermore was that it seems, it, that, that it seems to be created for, for fun more than for a use. Like it doesn't really have any, it's not a particularly useful object, but it is one that's amusing. And it's, uh. I would not call this thing amusing. No, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, Dumbledore will say later that people have like wasted away in front of the mirror, but I don't. I don't think that it was created with the intention to be. It's not a sinister object. I think I somewhat disagree. Hmm. I think I disagree. I think it is kind of intended to be a somewhat uh, sinister object. Maybe not in the directly harmful kind of way, but in a forcing you to come to grips with parts of yourself kind of way because it's an object that shows you your deepest desire even like a subconscious one not one that you not even necessarily like one that you are uh aware of 
Uh, and we, we, we can talk more about that particular idea, uh, I think, tomorrow, when Ron comes down and looks in the mirror. Yes. Uh, but the idea of the mirror, to me, is a literal mirror of introspection. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that's necessarily created with a a pure purpose. It, maybe the person who created it created it only for themselves. But if you were going to do that, then why wouldn't you simply cast a spell to do this? Instead of making yeah. a permanent object to which others can that others can use for this. I I feel like this was made. I don't know. I've always got the impression that the mirror of Aristid was created maybe to prove some kind of point or to Hmm. divine something that someone really wanted to know, but they were unsure of, uh, but they were unsure of. And I don't know if that was necessarily an innocent prospect. Sure. I, I would be very interested to know, like, where it comes from or, like, why it was created for, uh, to, for the purpose it was, like, what the purpose of its creation would have been. Um, in the Pottermore article about the mirror, it says that it is interesting rather than useful. Um, and that it, it seems to have been, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I like the fact that it says it seems to have been created in a spirit of fun. And then in parentheses, it says whether innocent or malevolent is a matter of opinion. Um, yeah, I think fun is probably the wrong word. I don't think there's anything fun about this mirror. Yeah. Perhaps it was made by someone to trick another, like, uh, like a circus trick fun, not like a, Sure. N- not like an afternoon sort of fun, like a, <laughs> like a hanging out with your buddies sort of fun, but like a like a circus trick or a, and like a malevolent trick, like something you're trying to get something out of somebody with. Yeah. Because if someone looks in this mirror, the first thing they're going to tell you is what they see. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It it could be. Do you think it's used to draw information out of? Yeah, and I, I I get the impression that that was its original use. That someone created this, they have it, and then whenever someone approaches the mirror, the first thing they do is tell the owner what they see. And that immediately tells the owner many things about the person about looking that person. in the mirror. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I find I like it to be that. such an interesting object, like, narratively, because this is the... It only has a real narrative point here in the first book, right? Yeah, we'll never see it again after yeah. the end of this movie. And I, I I know that we're supposed to feel like Dumbledore cast a spell on the mirror, or maybe even he says that he cast a spell on the mirror for it to do what it does at the end. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know if that's necessarily true. I do have a note that... Um, it says, according to Pottermore again, uh, it says that it only works as a hiding place for the stone after Dumbledore's modifications to the mirror, um, right. because it tests like the 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 like purity of the intentions of the person that is attempting to retrieve the stone from the mirror. Yeah, um, I have a love hate relationship with Pottermore when it comes to the canon nature of Harry Potter. Because I feel like a lot of it is filling in things that people questioned as plot holes. Okay. 
um, whether or not that's accurate. I'm, uh, I'm not judging Pottermore, like, as a whole. I think it's a cool community for, like, people to interact with the world of sure. Harry Potter 3. But I feel yeah, like a lot I've of... definitely... I feel like a lot of things written on Pottermore by, by JK were to fill in things that people stabbed at as plot holes and mm-hmm. were most, mostly bandages on the story rather than more thought out, like, explanations that actually fill in and make sense. Yeah, that's fascinating. I agree with that because Victoria and I, we, you know, I never released this recording. We had a, we had a very intense discussion about Coral. Um, that that hasn't gone up, but that we were reading on the Pottermore site as well about um, kind of Quirrell's quest for Voldemort and kind of casted him in a different light than I got from the book. Uh, and I don't know if I like it. And so I haven't put, I didn't ever put that out there. Hmm. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely am. I have like a love-hate relationship with the Pottermore stuff. Like, I like that the information is there for me to go looking for, but sometimes it's just like, oh, this doesn't feel like what you were talking, what you were getting across when the book was written. Right. Right. Like, I feel like the blurb about the Mirror of Erised is more of, like, an extended description of the object than it is any kind mm-hmm. of explanation. Sure. Yeah. I agree with that. And it... The idea that... Dumbledore was somehow able to magically modify this ancient object doesn't sit well with me. Yes. As far as like the ability to modify the magic of an already existing magical object. Because if that's true, it's the only case of it happening in the story. Of someone modifying the magic that someone else crafted and made permanent. Mm -hmm. And that just feels out of place. Yeah, I am. I do really struggle with the idea of using the mirror as a way to hide the stone. I don't understand. It's never explained, but I don't understand how it works or like why it works the way yeah. it does. And the where's Pottermore... the stone? If the mirror is here now, where's the stone right now? Is it right? Does the mirror already is the stone already in the? Is it inside the mirror? Like, I I don't get it. You don't get it. Right. Like, if the stone is already in the mirror, then isn't it already safe from Quirrell? Theoretically, I think in the book when we get to... No, even in the movie, when we get to the mirror, when we finally find the mirror at the end of uh, all of the different, like, puzzles that they have to get through in order to... to, uh, Under the trapdoor... Quirrell is standing in front of the mirror, like, attempting to... I, 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 I always got the impression that he's been doing this night after night after night, coming down here and languishing in front of the mirror, like, I want the stone and I can see the stone, but I can't get it. Like, they're already successful in stopping Voldemort from getting the mirror because it's... or be, from getting the stone because it's trapped here. I don't right. think that he's going to figure it out at any time because his intentions are... are impure. Right, and isn't it already, and isn't it just too dangerous to, like, lead Harry down this this path where he can retrieve the the stone, because Voldemort will never be able to get a henchman to be able to do it, Um, because they're not going to be pure of heart either. Is them setting up 
Harry to get the stone. Like, they don't need Harry to get the stone out of the mirror. Like, that's not the purpose of it. But it seems that, like, Harry's role in this whole this whole situation with the stone and the mirror and them like trying to protect it from is like to draw Voldemort out maybe. Yeah. Like to, there's rumors to, that he might be back and that yeah, someone's working for him and he's bait. Yes. He's an evil wizard divining rod. It's fine. Yeah. He'll get down there. His scar will hurt. We'll know it's Voldemort and we'll, uh, we'll save the day. But his scar has been hurting the entire time he's at Hogwarts. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, we've we've gotten um. Actually, we only I think we've only gotten one very distinct moment. Oh, yeah, in, which in he this movie, and... uh, the first time that he and uh, he and Snape come eye to eye because with Quirrell right next to him. Well, yeah. Quirrell turned Quirrell's... around looking backwards. Yes, Quirrell is his has his back to Harry during that moment, and he's so in the just staring Harry down. It's, yeah. it's just really unfortunate why that doesn't Harry rub his Snape. Why doesn't Harry rub his scar when he first meets Quirrell in Diagon Alley? I... I don't know. I wonder... I think that, Quir- uh, that, that Voldemort's probably been getting stronger as the events here have been going on. I'm not sure why he doesn't... Inter- he... I think it's also interesting that he reaches out to, like, shake Quirrell's hand and Quirrell decides not to. And it's very lucky that Quirrell decides not to. Like, Quirrell doesn't know that he would disintegrate if he touched... Like, he doesn't understand what's happening. Yeah, exactly. When it happens Or maybe he does and he just forgets in the heat of the moment at the climax. I don't know, because at the climax, when it it happens, he's destroyed. Like, what's happening? What's going on? Like, why is this... Right, he looks like he's so confused. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that he expected that the two of them couldn't physically touch. Maybe right. he didn't expect to melt, but I think he figured if he touched Harry, Harry would know. Maybe there'd, there'd be some be sort of... Yeah, there. there's like a connection between the two of them. Yeah, that if he touched Harry, Harry would know immediately that there's something very wrong with this person. Hmm. Interesting. But not necessarily know that he would uh, turn into... It's... A pile of nothing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing exactly. how much, um, how high, in how high, how high of regard even the adults seem to have for Harry Potter because he survived Voldemort before. Yeah. So I, I have a real appreciation for these stories, but I also have a lot of criticisms of these stories. Sure. Uh, and one of them for, is that right? I feel like Harry is not a well-written protagonist because he seems okay. to mostly kind of bumble about. Most of his revelations are uh, revelations of convenience and not necessarily any skill on his part. And usually yes. assisted. And yes. usually assisted. Uh, especially when you take into account the idea of like Dumbledore as... Puppet master. Mm-hmm. He's a but pawn. Even, <laughs> but even then, there are so many little little things that happen that don't really seem to make sense. Even if Dumbledore is like guiding Harry's hand, like why would he just go into this room unless Dumbledore told yeah. Coral to have an unless Dumbledore told Snape to have an argument with Coral outside the library so that Harry would duck in this room? But that doesn't make sense. No, exactly, it doesn't make sense. Like, what are the what are the odds? Like. When like Dumbledore Why wouldn't he just invisibly go back to the common room 
Yes. Yeah, I'm done what I'm doing. So yeah. go. When back. Dumbledore gave Harry the 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 cloak, there's no way that in all of Hogwarts he would have known that Harry would find this room with the mirror. Right. Unless so one of the things to think about is if Dumbledore knew that Harry would immediately go to the restricted section of the library, there is a way in which he could have known that if Victoria is right about Snape being such a talented legilimens that he's been reading Harry's mind and perhaps reporting to Dumbledore about what's going on. Uh, yeah, I think the teachers we've, I think, I think some of the professors are definitely in on it. And I think that, uh, they're, they're very well aware of what Harry and his, uh, his friends are up to. They've been right. spending but, all this time in the library, like looking for information about Nicholas Flamel. Like I think, um, kids but are, are they telling the? They they are. But are they telling the librarian they're looking for information about Nicholas Flamel? I I think that Hag- I think Hagrid knows that they're looking for Nicholas Flamel because he let that name slip. And then he's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that." Yes, yeah, exactly. And so I think he's like, "Oh, hey, Dumbledore, just like, so you know, <laughs> I let this information out." It's like, of but of course, Dumbledore did. knows that Hagrid is going to let that information out. Right, right, exactly. Like, oh, it drives yeah. me crazy. It drives me crazy. He's picking apart the web of like who it goes. But like, there's so to. much of it. There, there's so many just like leaps that happen along the way that you're just like, mm-hmm. how Dumbledore? Can you tell yeah. the future? Do you have a crystal ball up there? Maybe he's he's doing divination. Yeah, I mean Professor Trelawney. It's just Professor yeah. Trelawney. Oh, Trelawney's only given one true prediction, I think, <laughs> ever. That's, and it was that one true that one true one has kept her rightfully yeah. employed. Well, because that one true <laughs> one years resulted years. in the death of the Potters. Like, so they're like crap. Yeah, um, we're gonna you just stay here. But the, well, did the Potters die? The Potters died because of her prediction. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, because she killed them. That's horrible. Because Voldemort believed in her prediction. Like, if yes. he had not taken any action. At all. Then Harry's parents wouldn't have died, and Harry wouldn't be the chosen one, and there'd be no one to stop Voldemort. Right. right. I don't... It's a whole... It's like... I, just, I think... I think there's... There isn't... If... So I struggle if with went, this, like, okay. fate versus free will thing in so, this series. So what if he knew all the kids... Like, what if he had went and found some list? Like, these are all the kids that were born within this amount of time, and these are people who have... Like, what if these he just, like, went and killed the me. Potters and then, like, go and kill the Longbottoms? I think he sent Bellatrix to go torture the Longbottoms. Right. So instead of being killed, instead of being killed, yeah. they get to be tortured. Yeah. Which I think is kind of worse. So it is worse yeah, because is they just end up in St. Mungo's. They're they're like not vegetative, but they're not. All they're like there. Alzheimer's patients. They don't know anything. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, it's very sad. It's very sad. That's sad. That's a sad scene in the book. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely have a problem with like the kind of destiny of it all. It is sort of just a web. He's just he. You said pawn earlier, and it just. It's wizard's chess, like Dumbledore <laughs> versus Voldemort. Just a giant, and game and of the wizard's chess. chess pieces are actual wizards, and yeah. not just like little pieces of stone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, is Dumbledore's line about what he sees in the mirror in the movie? I f- I don't know if I just missed it. Um, I. 
off the top of my head, I don't remember this that line being in the movie. I don't yeah, think Harry asks. I, think, so I think it's book only. I think it's a book only a book only moment. I think it's book mm-hmm. only. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay. He sees sucks. I don't yeah. think he's telling the truth. No, no. Well, but no, Harry no. says that's. What, I wanted to talk about that, and I am. Yeah, we should. We. I, I kind of wish that all of Mirror of Air said would have fit into one nice clean week. Yeah, because uh, I really, I really enjoy this thing, way. and I really wanted to talk about Dumbledore and the Mirror let's of Air as we well. Can, we could talk about it. Well, let's. Um, we have a couple more minutes, um, yeah. but I definitely do want to talk about, uh, like Dumbledore and the Mirror. And we can get into a little bit of it this week, and then we'll, we'll, uh, I mean, we'll have, we'll get to talk about it next week, but it'll be different ground to cover when we are talking about what's happening in the movie. Cause, cause whether yeah. in the book or in the movie. We've been all over the place already anyway, it doesn't matter. We really have. <laughs> whether it be in the book or the movie, the only, like, interactions with the Mirror of Erised we have is Harry. Harry looked into it. Mm-hmm. Ron looks into it. He asks, he asks Dumbledore in the book what he sees, and that's it. Yeah, and well, other in the book, like the, uh, after than, uh, asking Dumbledore, he gets back to the common room and he's like thinking that Dumbledore must have not told him the truth, but it is a very personal question. It is. Extremely personal, yeah. Um. Yeah. Because Dumbledore understands the trick. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I really do a, think that's, that's why this mirror was created. I really do think that's why this mirror was created. I just get the feel that it was, it's just, it's an interrogation device. It's a way of gaining information using, you couldn't otherwise gain. Is Dumbledore using this to test, he's using this to test Harry, right? Definitely. He is. It's like a He's trial. using it to see, to see how pure of heart Harry is. Because depending on what Harry sees in the mirror, it tells Dumbledore whether or not Harry is a pure soul, whether he's an innocent boy or not. Whether he'll be the one to retrieve the stone. Yeah. But why does he even want the stone pulled out of the mirror? That's my biggest problem with the situation. I, I, yes, it makes, it makes for a cool, it makes for a cool story moment and like a nice (laughs) wink and a nod at the end. And I suppose that's explanation. Because, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, Harry taking the, Harry retrieving the stone from the mirror is probably the worst thing that could happen in that situation because it puts it that much closer into Quirrell's hands. I don't know. Struggle with that. Yeah. We still have 30 seconds left for this minute, you guys. We should talk about <laughs> what Harry sees. Oh, yes. We should, shouldn't we? Here, well, actually, first, I wrote down the inscription above the mirror. Ah. Yes. Uh, it's, hmm. I kind of want to read it the way it's written, even though it makes no sense. Okay. The way it's written. Yeah. I, I, it says. I had that same thought. Erised, straw, eru, oit, ube, kafru, oit, on Wasi. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's weird because, like, <laughs> uh, until I think a couple years ago, I didn't actually take the time to look at this and realize that it's just it, the inscription is backwards. But not only is it backwards, the spaces are in the wrong places. Yeah, like it separates the words. Well, in order to make it that much less likely to notice, I think if yeah. it had just been straight backwards, I would have you would have seen it. Yeah, of course, it would click. Um. 
So the mirror of Erised, Erised is desired. It's the mirror of de- this shows your heart. It, uh, it says, I show not your face, but your heart's desire. Yeah. But it does show Harry's face. Yeah. It shows right. Harry with his parents, but so not entirely representative, but no, still, I, I do like, um, I like this moment. I like it a little bit more in the book because not only do we see Harry's parents, we see like Harry's extended family as well. Um, I have a question though. Harry's never seen his parents. I don't think he's even seen pictures of his parents. Right? I don't think Petunia and, and, and Vernon have any images of the Potters around their house. You would think Petunia would have, like, maybe something hidden away of, like, yeah, but Lily. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that... But that I don't think Harry would be so seen. nice as so, to, like, show him anything. How does Harry... Like, yeah, this person that he sees reflected in the mirror looks like his parents, but how do do we know that this is what his parents look like? Like, this is a projection of Harry's mental image of what his family would be like it's what his his desire is to see his family right but is the mirror actually showing his family as they look like like? or are they projecting what he wants to see it's probably a little bit of both the mirror is magical it may and it is definitely an object of divination so it may know uh, in a in a magical sort of sense, what Harry's parents looked like. Sure, I can accept that. That's what I was thinking. Like it's got a, it's, um, it's it, it's it's almost. I'm really I'm really wrestling with this idea of the mirror right now. Like, in order for the mirror to reflect the heart's desire it has to i like that you said it's it's an object of divination it does have to be able to sort of like i don't want to say scry but like kind of dig into harry's psyche the viewer whoever's right. standing in front of it it, kind of it dig could have been it. made by a by a legilimens yeah but so, did whoever created the mirror cast a spell? Like, is is this, like, an object that has been enchanted and the enchantment is designed to do this? Or, the the mirror is a complicated object and I'm struggling with. It is a very complicated object, but that's part of what I love about it. Oh, it's so interesting. There aren't a lot of, in this movie we see, I think, more examples of, like, magical objects than we do in some of the other movies um just between like the put outer at the beginning and the mirror here and um i know there's other examples we've come across but things that are imbued with magic rather than a spell that's cast to produce one something something magical is the mirror like I don't want to, I don't want to be like, is the mirror sentient? But like, <laughs> is it, 
it's observing the thoughts and reflecting them back. Is that like a passive action? Right. It must be. I think it is a passive action. I think because it's a physical object, it it probably is. It has I to really be struggle. Yeah, I really struggle with the like magic like this because we learn so many different like spells and charms and en- enchantments and things over the course of the series. But then there's like objects like this that we butt up against that are like, oh, like there is no other example of something like this in all the books and all the movies that can like see inside a person and reflect it out or like project it out, I guess. Yeah. Having a hard time with this, you guys. It's weird. (laughs) It it is such a, such a complex object and knowing nothing about it, it's very hard to tell how it works. Yeah. And all we have to go on is the way that other spells work. And the idea, I think the idea of, uh, legilimens and that mind reading is a thing mm-hmm. in Harry Potter really helps to just kind of right away the mirror. Yeah. But in a way, I think that the mirror was our introduction to that concept so that we could accept it later. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I could agree. I agree with that. It's fascinating to me. Because we are presented with a magical object that doesn't necessarily read minds, but reflects something that you want to see. So it's you projecting something onto the object. And later we're introduced to people that can read minds Mm. forcefully. So they're related concepts. I, I like the way you put it when you said that it, it's you're projecting what you want to see onto the mirror. It's a, the relationship becomes different. It's it's the wizard interacting with the mirror and not the mirror. I mean, it's 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 a sort of symbiotic relationship, I suppose. It's interesting. Well, when you I, I look have... in a mirror, you expect to see yourself. And yes. in a way, perhaps, it's about vanity. Because when you look into a mirror, there's probably some part of you that expects to see or projects onto your reflection the best version of yourself you can see. Hmm. And I think that that might be what the mirror feeds on because it's it's desire. Erised's desire backwards. Yes, it's about your heart's desire. So I think the idea that it might feed on some small seed of narcissism is part of the reason that only the pure of heart can retrieve an object from the mirror later. You have such a small bit of that. Harry sees his parents. He doesn't see himself in a good mm. position. He sees his parents alive. Yes. Yes. I like, uh, I like this moment where he's, uh, looking at his, he's, he's seeing his parents. Um, and he's so, he's in disbelief. He's, there's a look at that passes across Harry's face where he's just like, I know this isn't, this isn't real. Yeah. I know so this much so real. that he, he looks over his shoulder and we get this and wide shot around. of the room. We yeah. see the whole room, uh, is empty. So he's like, okay, like I am truly alone here. And yet I'm seeing the, these two figures reflected back at me. Yeah. And I think that the Mirror of Erised is cool in the way it's presented to us because we're also introduced to the idea of magical portraits fairly early in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's actually a very clever step up in the scale of magic that we see across the film. 
You know, I never really considered the relationship, like the, ma- yeah, that we have seen magical portraits and these things that move, these uh, may or may not be living per se, but he's now interacting with, like, yeah, yet another image that is moving and reflecting something back at him that's not actually there. Yeah. I like that Harry takes a moment to look over his shoulder. I really like the wide shot of this room. It's just very big and empty. Dumbledore's hiding behind one of those pillars back there. Uh, (laughs) Well, in in the book, too, isn't this room, like, full of extra desks and chairs and stuff? Yeah, I think it's, like, just, like, another... It's like an abandoned classroom. Yes. Mm, Yes. Yes. Yes, because uh, because the mirror doesn't seem to belong amongst the rest of the things in this room. Whereas here, it's just empty. The mirror's right. the only this thing is like, in this room. This is the mirror room. It's like featuring, <laughs> yeah. Featuring the mirror, mm-hmm. as said. So I, a uh, couple little notes left before we wrap this particular minute up. And that is just that I have written down the names of the uh, actor and actress that play Harry's parents. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Lily... We've talked about her a little bit before. She's played by a woman named Geraldine Somerville. Uh, she's known her IMDb credits. The top are just Harry Potter stuff. But uh, she's done a lot of like British television. So it's all these shows that she's been an extra on that I've never heard of or seen before. Scrolling. Uh, and James is played by uh, Adrian Rollins, who was in... Uh, I wrote two two things that he was in that I recognized. One I have not seen, the other I have. The first one, Woman in Black Part 2. Which I think is interesting, because Harry was in the first... Because Dan Radcliffe was in Woman of Black. And then the actor that played his parent, or his dad, was in the second one. Uh, and then he was also in an episode of Doctor Who. Oh. Uh, specifically, he was in The Planet of the Ood. Oh, okay. He uh, He was one of the... Like, he's a character named Dr. Ryder, who is apparently on the side of the Ood, uh, and he dies in the episode, which is very sad. But here we go. Our, like, dozenth actor that's been in Doctor Who in this movie (laughs) so far. Uh, I'm down. I'm into it. I have a little more notes tomorrow regarding, like, Harry and his parents so I think we can get to that later. How do you feel about this minute, you guys? I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah, satisfied. Yeah. Cool. Doing good. Awesome. You can uh, find us at DuelingGenre.com and HarryPotterMinute.com. Uh, you can also find at Dueling Genre Lord of the Rings Minute, which uh, which Norman and former guest of the show Cassandra both host it is fantastic and you guys should check it out i don't if you're listening to our show i don't know why you wouldn't be listening to theirs um they're some of my favorite fantasy series both of them uh and they came out a month apart so there's a lot of uh crossover i think that happens between the two you can find us on facebook and twitter and all of the social media things i've plugged them all this week i think so far and uh you can join us on Patreon for our weekend edition, The Quibbler, at patreon.com slash hpminute. Okay. Okay, I think that's it. All right. All right. All right. Join us tomorrow for Minute 94. You guys, 94 tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. Mischief managed. <laughs> Mischief managed.